Hey, how's everybody doing today? You are listening to Fun Times in Flushing, a positive podcast about the New York Mets. I am Michael Smith here to talk about Mets baseball with you every week, even during the offseason. On today's show, I'll be talking about Robinson Turneau's suspension and breaking down Jeff McNeil's performance in 2020. Now, let's get to it. That theme was from Kyle Cullen, who you can reach for your podcast themes at Kyle's Podcast Themes at gmail.com. If you want to find any links discussed in today's show or to learn more about the show, go to funandflushing.com slash 15. I want to spend a little time over the next few weeks talking about key players for the 2021 Mets and break down their 2020 seasons, where they're at in their careers, and what can be projected in 2021. You can go back to the last two episodes to hear about Michael Conforto and Jacob DeGrom. Today, it's all about Jeff McNeil. 2020 did not get off to a great start for McNeil. Coming off his first full big lead season in 2019, in which he hit 318 with 23 homers and 38 doubles, which is just tremendous, McNeil struggled to get things going in July and August of 2020. He hit just 269. He was not driving the ball but he was, <laughs> he was cursing up a storm in those empty stadiums. Uh, he, he had a lot of people on the dump button or, or across the, the Eastern divisions. In September, however, things turned for Jeff, and we saw what we have seen from him in his big league career up to this point. He hit his only four homers of the season in four straight games. He also hit 356, bringing his season average up to 311. Who knows what position McNeil will be playing. Of course, we'll be getting to that in a little bit when we talk more about Cornell. Although, second base will become the most likely option. Uh, he could even be, realistically, there's a chance he could be a Ben Zobrist type for this team. Ben Zobrist won a couple of titles back-to-back in 2015 and 2016 with the Royals and Cubs. Playing different positions and being able to fill in spots just where he was most needed. He did it with the Rays in 2008 as well when they went to the World Series. He just kind of slotted in wherever he was most needed. He had love for every position, and he went out and played. And he hit no matter where he played as well. That's the kind of guy I think Jeff McNeil could be. But 2020 further cemented that he can move all over the field and play each position at a more than serviceable level. I mean, he just, every, every position he goes to, he plays well. And that's a huge benefit to this team he's shown an ability to hit lefties he's shown obviously like i said flexibility in the field and he's proven that he can muscle up and hit the ball out when he needs to he's gotten very good at muscling up on those first pitch fastballs he loves swinging at that first pitch we know that and he's good at taking that pitch and driving it he's good then at when there's two strikes shortening up and, and, and accepting a signal and getting on base. Fact of the matter, this guy's a star. There's, he's an absolute stud with that bat in his hands. I, I think really, if he could get into the playoffs with this team, 
And I think that's where we're at now. Playoffs are bust. Obviously, that's depending on the moves that we make, but we're anticipating moves being made that will make this a playoff or bust team. And if Jeff McNeil can get in the playoffs in 2021, I, I think the whole lead's going to be talking about this guy. I think he's going to be up there with Alonzo. I think Conforto's going to jump up into that conversation as well. Alonzo obviously setting the record in 2019. That, that catapulted him to a certain level of stardom. But I think Conforto and McNeil are going to join that conversation if this team makes a run into the playoffs. And it'll be those, you know, those guys up there with the drum. As guys this team has built that are absolute stars. And I'm excited for that. You know, these guys that deserve it. I talked about Conforto a couple weeks ago. I talked about the drum. Alonzo's coming up. It's about Jeff McNeil right now. What I love about this guy is he fits anywhere in the lineup as well. Forget the field. Fits anywhere in the lineup. He can lead off. I don't love him as a leadoff guy, but he gets on base. Like, he, he he's not a traditional, like, take pitches, Brandon Nimmo type leadoff hitter, but he gets on base anyway because he just hits. He just hits. He puts the ball in play, and he, he, does things to, he does things to get on base. And as the game goes on, he can make sure that he gets on for an Alonzo coming up. If he comes up and, and the bottom of the order has gotten on base, he can drive him in. I like I liked that about Jeff McNeil, but you can drop him down as well because he can drive the ball. I said in 2019, he hit 23 home runs with 38 doubles. That's a lot of extra base hits. He's a really impressive hitter. He has hit lefties. He, he definitely drops off. His, he does have normal splits. He's better against righties, but he hits lefties. He's not you know useless up there against lefties. This guy's really, really, really good. And I, I hope he gets the recognition he deserves because he is, he, he didn't come up at, at, at 20. He came up at 26, 27. He's, he's entering his age 29 season. He's not, not to say he's old, obviously, 29, his age 29 season. He's not, he's not old, but he is older than you might think considering how long he's been around. A lot of guys, it's become a trend to bring guys up younger. Uh, but that was not the case for Jeff, much like it wasn't the case for DeGrom. So he is, this is, this is where he's, he's going to be at his best. These seasons, the seasons we've already seen, this upcoming season, the season after that, he's in his prime right now. I hope, I hope we, we really take advantage of that. This young core we've we we have, they're they're ready to go right now. So I hope we take advantage of that, and I'm excited to see what this team does because with a guy like McNeil, who slots anywhere in the lineup, who slots anywhere in the field, you're just fill holes around him and let him do his thing and and be the player that he is. He's already a one-time All-Star. He could certainly be an all-star again this season. He's he's just tremendous. I, I love this guy. I, I I can't say enough good things about him. Truly. He just he's he's a really good player. He's been overshadowed by DeGrom and Conforto and Alonzo. He's he should be right up there with those guys. And I'm excited to see 
how he does in 2021. Okay, this day in Mets history. Uh, I fell behind a week. By the way, happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. I hope you enjoyed your holiday. I fell behind a week, skipping uh, last weekend's show in lieu of the Thanksgiving holiday. So I got two weeks worth here, but we're in November. The, the, <laughs> there's, not, there's not a ton in that two-week time frame. November 24th, 1997, the Mets signed John Olrude as a free agent. John Olrude, of course, a big part of that 1999 infield, the greatest infield ever, defensive infield ever. Uh, Alfonso Ordonez and Robin Ventura alongside Olrude in that Sports Illustrated cover. Uh, I, I love John Olrude. Everything about John Olrude was just great. He he just seemed like a blue-collar guy. He obviously a little bit iconic with that helmet in the field. I, I loved, and he just hit, man. Again, he, he just, like Jeff McNeil, he just hit. Owner of the greatest uh, single-season batting average in Mets history, by the way, John Olrude. Uh Same day, November 24th, 2005, the Mets trade Mike Jacobs, Ismero Petit, and a minor leader to Florida, to Florida for Carlos Delgado. Mike Jacobs obviously coming off, coming up, at the end of the 2005 season, and just going on an absolute tear. He could not stop hitting the ball out of the ballpark at the end of that 2005 season. But the Mets made the right move going and getting Delgado. Things never really panned out for Mike Jacobs, and Carlos Delgado was a big part of that 06 team going to the playoffs. Carlos Delgado also in 2008 really got off to a bad start. Supposedly was not too fond of Willie Randolph. Willie gets fired, and... The Mets had found a way into the playoffs in 2008. Carlos Delgado was really in that MVP discussion. Uh, he really, truly was in 2008. And in 2009, he gets hurt. And that was pretty much the end of his career, unfortunately. But Carlos Delgado was a, a really, really good player on those Mets teams in the 2000s. November 27th, 1967. The Mets trade Bill Dennehy and $100,000 to the Washington Senators for... Gil Hodges. Gil Hodges, the manager of the 1969 Mets. Uh, we lost him too soon, but an iconic figure in Mets history. Uh, he came over as a player manager, but he obviously made his bones as a manager for that 69 team. Just uh, an iconic figure in the history of this franchise. December 1st, uh, a busy day in 1998. The Mets signed Robin Ventura to a free agent contract, and they traded Charles Johnson to the Orioles for Armando Benitez. Say what you will about Benitez, but he got the job done. He got you to that 2000 World Series. He really did. And Robin Ventura, uh, one of my favorite moments, the Grand Slam single, uh, he just, he was awesome. I loved Robin Ventura. That was like my first team, the 1999 Mets. That I can remember, I was six, so I don't remember, I don't have that many memories. But uh, Piazza, Ventura, Alfonso, Olrude, like I said, I just I really loved that group of guys. December third, timely, 2018, the Mets trade Jay Bruce, Anthony Swarzak, Gershon Batista, and two top prospects, Justin Dunn and Jared Kalenic, to the Mariners for Edwin Diaz and the Man of the Hour, Robinson Cano. 
And finally, December 5th, 2005, the Mets trade two minor leaguers to Florida, another trade with Florida in that offseason, for Paul LaDuca, again, big part of that 06 team. Just uh, a unenviable position coming in and taking the spot of Mike Piazza, but LaDuca was the man for the job because he knew he was not Mike Piazza and he didn't care. He was going to come in and do what he did, and he did it, and he was a big part of that team. I'll never forget him tagging out Jeff Kent and J.D. Drew on the same play in that game one of the NLDS. Just a, and he was, he was perfect. He was the perfect guy for that spot. And that was a great trade by Omar Minaya. Okay, our big story of the week. Robinson Cano has been suspended for the entire 2021 Major League season. I was shocked by this. I truly was. I, I, I mean, you don't see something like this coming. Robinson Cano. The first suspension. I guess there's a chance he wasn't going to the Hall of Fame after the first suspension, but, I mean, who knows if Bonds goes in, if Clemens goes in, if A-Rod finds his way in, or Ortiz is going in. Uh, he could have found his way in. I mean, he had a good season this past season. I guess maybe we might have an understanding as to why that was. But if he had another good season and he stayed clean or at least didn't show up on a test, he had a shot. It's over now. He's not getting in the Hall of Fame now after a second positive test. But why? I just don't get it. I just don't get I don't get either of these tests. You know, here's the thing. Cheating is cheating, and I'm not going to defend cheating. However, I get that you get this far, and maybe you struggled a little bit, and you cheat, and, and, and you try to get that contract. Something I don't know, like 10 years and $240 million. Robinson Cano has been caught cheating twice after he got that contract. And with still plenty of time left before it's up. It's not even like this is the last year and he's trying to hang on and, and get another year, two years, whatever, contract. He's got the contract. He's getting the money. Now he just threw away $24 million. Threw it away. He's not getting that money. He never will. That's gone. $24 million. Gone. Just doesn't make any sense. I don't, I don't understand it. And I actually, I, I, the worst part is I kind of feel for the guy a little bit too. Because it's almost honorable to get caught cheating now because you're saying that you feel like you're slipping and, and you want to hang on and still be a contributing member to a team and to still be able to go out and do your job. But man, to test positive twice, just ugly. By the way, saw a list, five guys have tested positive a second time and been suspended for for the season. Of those five guys, three are Mets. A fourth is Alex Rodriguez, who almost signed with the Mets and then almost tried to and tried to buy the Mets. Only one of those five guys was never associated with the Mets. I find that amazing. That you can't you, that's one of those things where when people say, like, the franchise is cursed, 
that I always think that's ridiculous. And then I see a list like that and I think to myself, oh, you know what? They might have a point. By the way, those three guys, Robinson Turneau, Marlon Bird, and uh, Henry Mejia. But this isn't the Robbie Turneau show. This is a show about the New York Mets. So what do we do? Well, here's the good news. And frankly, I think for the Mets, it's kind of all good news. $20 million freed up. He's owed 24. The, the Mariners were going to send us four. So $20 million, essentially, on the Mets budget freed up. As far as the pieces we have, you could, of course, move McNeil to second, full-time. You could put McNeil at third, full-time. You could put Andres Jimenez at second, full-time. He could play short. You, you're suddenly, you felt kind of stuck in that you have two first basemen. You're assuming you're going to have a DH. So one of them is going to DH. But you, you're stuck at first base automatically. And you're landlocked at second with Robinson Cano. Now that's gone. So your, your extreme wealth of infielders suddenly feel like you have a little more flexibility. I, I want to look at a couple of the options here. So there are some free agent shortstops out there. There's D.D. Gregorius, who I could see getting a one-year deal. There's Angleton Simmons, who I could see getting a one-year deal. I think both those guys are deserving of multi-year deals, and they're certainly not at an age where they require one-year deals. They're, they're des- uh, deserving of multi-year deals. However, in this market, this pandemic market, I could see them getting one-year deals. I think that's something that the Mets should think about. The other option is Marcus Simeon. I, I fully believe he'll get a multi-year deal somewhere. The question is, if the Mets waited out, could they get D.D. or Angleton Simmons on a one-year deal? And is that a gamble they're willing to make because there are trade candidates out there? We've talked about Francisco Lindor at length. He is available in, in a trade. Another guy who's a free agent next season, Trevor Story, I'm sure. He is available in a trade right now. The Rockies owner is very, very ready to tell anybody who will listen that he is poor and he needs to dump salary. So I'm sure Trevor Story is available. Is that a trade the Mets want to make? Is Francisco Lindor a trade the Mets want to make? The Mets do not have a full farm system. They have the pieces to make the trade, but are they, would they be robbing Peter to pay Paul when both those guys, Lindor or Trevor Story, are going to be free agents next season. That being said, I think Lindor is a guy you would sign right away. Trevor Story, I'm not so sure. Trevor Story is definitely not the best shortstop available next season. So if you were to trade for him, you would need to get the right price trade-wise because he, he wouldn't be a guy that you'd sign right away. There are two more guys out there. Two more guys out there that I think are quite interesting. As trade candidates, they're free agents after the year. But again, you got an owner who is saying, I need to trade my guys. I need prospects. I I need to break it all down. I need to start over. Does that mean low price? Probably not too low. But 
he's not off. He's not standing. Uh, he's not uh, negotiating from a particularly positive vantage point. You're also talking about guys who, again, you you would be looking to sign because they are top notch players. I'm talking about Javier Baez and Chris Bryant. The Chicago Cubs have parted ways with Theo Epstein. And they are looking to sell off assets. They are one of many teams crying poor in this pandemic, you know, market. And I'm not saying any of that is fair or foul. It is what it is. Uh, The Philadelphia Phillies claiming that they lost $2 billion. That's wrong. That's incorrect. That's a lie. But anybody else saying that they lost money, that's fair. It's true. And it's, it is what it is. The Chicago Cubs are saying that all of their veteran players are available. That includes Javi Baez and Chris Bryant. Javi Baez and Chris Bryant are two guys you'd also like playing for your team for the next 10 years. You could go to Javi Baez and have him play short. You could go to Javi Baez and have him play second. You could move Jimenez to second. McNeil to third. You could go get Chris Bryant. Jimenez at short. McNeil at second. J.D. Davis is available in both those trades. You have Rosario. You have Francisco Alvarez. You have Thomas Sapuki. You have Brett Beatty. You have Matthew Allen. You have all these guys. You can make a trade. Again, I'm just hesitant. I'm just hesitant because you there's so much available next offseason in Bryant, Baez, Lindor, Story, Corey Seager. There's so much available next offseason that I'm hesitant to make a trade. That said, if the Mets go out and get George Springer and Trevor Bauer and they go sign, say, Yadier Molina to go meet like this awesome defensive catcher with Tomas Nito, if they look at things and they say, Chris Bryant puts us over the top, then to me, you got to do it. But again, you could also, as I talked about a couple weeks ago when I went in debt on Lindor, you wait till July and the Cubs are 500 and again they're they're looking to sell off these pieces that they haven't sold off yet you might get a better price on Chris Bryant or Javi Baez so uh, the Mets got more flexible but you still have a full infield you go into this season with JD Davis at third Andres Jimenez at short, Jeff McNeil at second, Dom at first, Alonzo DHing, Nemo Springer Conforto left to right in the outfield. You got a good team already. You got a good team already. So I, I, I do think this Cano news opened things up for the Mets. There's, a, there's certainly options out there to make this team better. But unless unless you get a really good price in a trade or you get DD on a one-year deal. I'm still not crazy about going out and making big moves. I was a, I was a big proponent of a Lindor trade not too long ago. But the more and more I think about it, the more I think he's really, no matter where he goes, he's going to be a free agent next year. So again, unless you get a great price and, and he's willing to, to sign an extension right now, I might just wait it out. 
Same with Javi. Same with Chris Bryant. I will listen to a good a good offer though. So would I be stunned to see any of those guys on this team? You know, going into spring training? No, not at all. And I think they're names to watch because they're really good players who are available. And we're not going to be afraid that we're not going to sign them come next offseason. But there's... I've said it before and I'll say it again. It's nice to know that we're in these conversations. And Cano certainly opened that up and it's $20 million, $23 million that we just found in the budget. How nice is that? On top of the fact that we we already know we're going to have a bigger budget than we've had the past couple of years. We just got $20 more million. That's great. And 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 Steve Cohen and Sandy Alderson have said that they've, you know, that they're open to having conversations with Michael Conforto, who deserves a contract extension to be here, to be in this uniform for his entire career. So you know, it's obviously whenever one of these positive tests comes up, it's a bit of a black eye, but it's hard to look at this as anything more than positive news for the New York Mets. So I'm sorry, Robinson, to know, but thank you. Thank you for <laughs> opening things up. I think the only other question is, does Robinson Trinnell ever play another game in a Mets uniform? And the answer truly is, I don't know. I don't think so. It's hard to picture. Hard to picture him being in this uniform again. Whether it's Jimenez or Javi or Francisco Lindor. One of those guys is going to be playing shortstop. Could it be Chris Bryant at third? If it's Chris Bryant at third, then Jeff McNeil's going to be at second base. Just hard to imagine where Robbie fits in. We know he likes New York. Would he just want to stay? He has a no trade clause, so there's not much the Mets can do unless they want to outright release him. Does he want to stay, or is he willing to go somewhere else to play? He has a ring, so it's not necessarily about getting a ring before he retires. He might just want to go play somewhere else. So uh, I would not be surprised if we have seen the last of Robinson Trinnell, which it, it's a shame because he, he started to hit at that end of that 2019 season before he got hurt, and he hit all 2020. But if this is the reason why, then you know what? Maybe he's got to go. Just a shame. He's he's really a great hitter. Very, he's a gold love defender. He he's Robinson Cano. I I thought was one of those guys. You know, as you as you grow up in the game, and and you get to see beginning to end Hall of Famers play their careers, like that's fun. It's just fun. And, and being in New York, getting to see him across town and getting to watch a lot of him. I just remember always thinking, like, this guy just hits. This guy just hits. This guy just hits. And over time, you start to realize, this guy's a Hall of Famer. And that's all done now. So in that, set, in that side of things, obviously, it's sad. I, I don't ever want to hear somebody tested positive performance-enhancing drugs. Like, it's just... I don't want to hear that, you know, but Robbie made his decisions and he made his bed and now he's got a lie in it. So no Hall of Fame for Robbie to know. 
no 2021 season for Robbie Cannell. And now we get to see if the Mets can make the most of that. I will be back next week with some more Mets talk. Go to funandflushing.com slash blog during the upcoming week for some more Mets-related blog posts. I have some scouting reports up right now. Free agent scouting reports. JT Realmuto, Trevor Bauer, George Springer, James McCann, all up there. I'm going to be branching out a little bit in what the blog is going to be. Maybe just some midweek musings on what's going on in Mets land. It's been a busy offseason already, making news. Interview Steve Cohen being interviewed on SNY. He apparently owns the Buckner Ball, because why wouldn't he? Uh, we already have a Sandy Aldis in press conference. We've already changed the entire way we're structuring the front office, so that's good. That's upsetting to hear so early. <laughs> but, you know, they're just going on the fly, and they're, as long as they're doing what's in the best interest of the team, and if Sandy thinks he can handle making baseball decisions for, a year, the OEPS team wants to come around. Uh, maybe that's the way this is going. I don't know. In any event, call the voicemail. <laughs> call the voicemail hotline eight four five two zero six nine zero nine eight. Tell me, who do you want on this team? Who do you want this team to sign? You know, in, in free agents, in free agency, who do you want them to trade for? What are your ideas? How do you want to see this team built going into 2021? You can also email me, funtimesandflushing at gmail.com. Same thing. How do you want to see this team be built? Like I said, you can go to funandflushing.com slash 15 to find any links discussed in this show. You can also find links to all the podcast players that Fun Times and Flushing is available on. And when you go there, please subscribe, rate, and review the show. And tell a friend about it. Send that link, funandflushing.com slash 15, to any Met fan you might know who might be interested in listening to this show that I put out for you guys every week. And I love doing it. I love talking Mets baseball with you people. And you can also find me talking Mets baseball, talking The Mandalorian, if there's anybody out there that loves that. I love that. Love that show. You can find find me talking about that at msmithfif or you can go to the show's feed on twitter and instagram at fun in flushing i really appreciate you guys listening every week to this show it means so much to me i will talk to you next week